Good morning and welcome back to Driving Theology. This is Mike and this is a somewhat rare afternoon edition. Uh, I am teaching as usual on Wednesday, but I didn't have to go until the afternoon, so the morning was off. So this is uh, 1.13 approximately uh, p.m. in the afternoon I've just got three hours of classes I just uh, ate showered got ready and got in the car in the span of about five minutes uh, so probably a little winded I'm incredibly sweaty this is the first uh, summer day since the rainy season ended, I guess the rainy season officially ended yesterday, which it was rainy. But man, today it is smoking hot. And so I'm gonna have to turn on the air conditioner for a bit just to get me to stop dripping like a waterfall. So there probably will be a little, uh, little too much white noise in here. Uh, but as soon as I cool off a little bit, I'll turn it back down. Uh, and today marks the, uh, first time since I started the podcast that I'm using something besides an iPhone uh, to record with. So this is my first time to actually try uh, recording with a, uh, a dedicated device. iPhones record pretty well, uh, but this is a, uh, what I'm recording on is a Zoom, uh, I believe it's called an HN1, and uh, it is a, yeah, it's got an XY configuration mic on it. Uh, it's very lightweight. Uh, the batteries last a long time. Uh, this is actually the second Zoom recorder uh, I've bought. I bought one about 10 years ago, which I liked a lot. Um, but it's kind of become obsolete. It doesn't take uh, uh, SD cards that are of any significant size, whereas this one accepted my 16 gigabyte card with no problems and it'll record for 25 hours on a 16 gigabyte card. I don't think the batteries would last that long, but they might actually. It's a pretty, seems like a pre pretty efficient little system. So we'll see how it turns out. So this is a bit of an experiment. Uh, if it's uh, too, too annoyingly loud, uh, we may not go with this system, but we'll see. One good thing is that I can also plug it in. I don't have to use batteries in the car. I have a uh, USB possibility for a power source, so I could do that if I need to. And it's very lightweight, so I can get it up a little bit closer to my mouth. In fact, I may adjust my chair to get it even in a better situation. And hopefully, we get a little bit better audio, a little bit, a little less annoying noise uh, from the car, but we'll see. It's also got a uh, windscreen, not a windscreen, uh, what do you call those foam foam covers? A pop, I guess it's a pop filter. It's got a pop filter on there and hopefully, yeah, we'll be able to record a decent podcast today. Uh, so yeah, like I said, we just got out of the rainy season. It's been maybe the worst rainy season in Japan since I've been here as far as number of rainy days and cloudy days and number of days without sunshine. Uh, just the sunshine today just 
you know, being able to see blue sky. There's still a lot of clouds, but there's blue sky and there's sun and there's heat and it's drier. It just feels feels more, I feel more human and alive today than I have in several months, <laughs> which is nice. Um, uh, yeah, just everything's so more vivid with the, with the sun shining on it. The colors are amazing today. And, uh, so yeah, I'm excited about the summer, though it's going to be busy. Uh, I start opera rehearsals this weekend, this Friday, which is one of the reasons that I bought this new recorder. I wanted to be able to make decent recordings of my, uh, practices so that I can, um, you know, gauge my progress and how my voice is, uh, um, my, my voice conditioning is progressing and things like that. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see how this works out week to week. It may become a little too burdensome. I'm not sure. Uh, iPhone, you know, you've always got with you. Uh, but even the iPhones had some, some things that I didn't like about the way it recorded. So hopefully we can, you know, this has record levels and, and a lot more things that I can do with it so we can get the, the audio dialed in perhaps a little bit better. Um, so yeah, we'll just see, we'll see how it goes with the uh, Zoom HN1, I believe it's called. I had the, the Zoom H4 a long time ago. Well, I still have it, I just don't use it much. It's, like I said, it, it's kind of become a little bit obsolete, though it still works. Um, yeah, so, uh, finally, I finished the the book, uh, not all of the appendices, but I did finish the book uh, Christ the Eternal D uh, Tao by Higher Monk uh, Damascene or Damascene or Damascene. I'm not sure how he says his name, but anyway, yeah, I finished that book, and so I wanted to kind of follow up uh, some of my thoughts. Uh, I think as far as a book on meditation and uh, um, encouraging people to meditate more I think it's a great book for that um, I don't I'll try something here not that yeah, this. I can't necessarily knock it for any of that stuff um, I think it it if that's what you're looking for a book to to give you more direction in the way that you um, meditate or contemplate uh, the the life uh, of the spirit, um, it's a good book for that. It's also a good book uh, to provide a theory of of the anatomy of body, soul, uh, spirit, mind, right? How those things may all work together. Was really good for that. That's something that I got out of it that I thought was really great. Uh, gives you lots of uh, anecdotal um, evidence of what it is trying to get across, right? Uh, the biggest thing that I found that was great about it was the idea of the universal Christ or the cosmic Christ. The idea that Christ is and has always permeated uh, and is permeating his creation. 
whether the creation acknowledges him as Christ or not, uh, and that there may be other language in the world for Christ that Christians may not recognize nor identify with Christ. Um, Tao being one of them, right? Which is the the word that um, Lao Tzu used for the way. That's what that was his word for Christ, or so this theory goes, that that he was actually um, foretelling the coming uh, and the nature and the character of Christ in his writings in ancient China, without knowledge of uh, the people of Israel, the the uh, Hebrew scriptures. Uh, or, of course, because he was some five or six hundred years before Jesus without knowledge of Jesus himself. Um, and that he's not the only one. That there are other people throughout history who, who understood things about Christ that other people only came to know because they met Christ or, or learned from people who met Christ. That would be Christians, right? Um, but there are other people in the world who actually knew a part of Christ before Christ came to earth. In other words, they foresaw his coming um, and or character and or nature. Though it, though this book does state that it was an, an incomplete picture, in many cases it was an accurate picture, if incomplete, right? It, it, uh, they were able to um, accurately see aspects of of I guess you'd call it of, of Christ or of love or of or of the best way that the world works or the origin the, the the origins in love from from whence the universe was born maybe um, I'm not sure how you say that exactly but they they knew that that a higher being or a higher way or a perfect origin uh, all produced the universe that we now live in and that it's not necessarily living up to that perfection now which yeah totally totally makes sense I think um, I think even we would say that even though you know here in the West we have quite a long tradition of knowing Jesus of Nazareth uh, and knowing him as the Son of God and as Christ, we don't necessarily um, have a better picture or, or a, a more pure idea than what Lao Tzu had uh, or Socrates, for example. Uh, another example of someone who uh, understood things that they probably um, shouldn't have understood, but they understood it and wrote about it and lived it. Right, both these guys didn't just know things; they they lived as if the things they had discovered were true. Um, which, to me, uh, is what makes um, the truth that people uh, are preaching all the more believable, right? Credible. Uh, so for all of those things, I think it's an excellent book. Um, and this is not a detailed or uh, very well thought out um, 
critique or review. This is just what's on the on the top of my head as you know, having finished the the main part of the book. And of course, I didn't um, read all of the appendices. Uh, I got this last week. I got into the chapters that delve deeply into the Jesus Prayer, um, which is something that uh, I've been very interested in, uh, and a few other. Um, few other prayers um, or or variations of the Jesus prayer and I think the stuff that it teaches on that is good to a point as well um, so I think it's definitely a worthwhile book to read uh, but there are a few things that I actually didn't expect but that uh, were there nonetheless and they're things that I I don't know yet how well they sit with me um, it had a very Eastern Orthodox or Russian Orthodox or Greek Orthodox bent to the point where it says that if you don't come from an Orthodox tradition which is where they claim the Jesus prayer comes from that you should not practice the Jesus prayer. In fact, it could be dangerous or bad for you to practice the, DJ, the, the Jesus prayer outside of an Orthodox upbringing or conversion history or whatever you want to call it. If you're not a member of the Orthodox Church, it says you should not practice the Jesus prayer. Uh, and so it, it has a little bit of territorialism uh, or what I read as territorialism there. And so it is very much a... Um, what do you want to... It, it tries to market Eastern Orthodoxy as the way um, a little bit, especially toward the end. Um, and I... There are a lot of things I, I really love about what I'm learning about orthodoxy right um, I think by and large um, the Eastern Orthodox Church uh, understands better if not perfectly the nonviolent way of Jesus um, that that Jesus is necessarily nonviolent uh, and must be nonviolent and that we to follow Jesus, well must also embrace a path of nonviolence. Uh, I think it does that very well. Um, I think orthodoxy discovered that uh, in ways that we need to rediscover it uh, in the West for sure. Um, and I don't deny that there may be parts of orthodoxy that have very old, very deep roots uh, that have direct connections with uh, Jesus and the apostles. Okay, that, that very well may be the case. Um, but there are a lot of churches that claim that. There are, you know, the Catholics claim that as well. Uh, and of course they come from a very similar branch which split some thousand years ago or close to that in the great the great schism or is it the great chasm I think it's the great schism um, 
when they split off from each other, but before that it was one, you know, it was one church and then it became the Roman church and then the Greek church and then, you know, the Russian church or whatever. Um, so you had Catholicism and you had Orthodox uh, as the two main branches and then from Catholicism uh, we get Protestant in the Protestantism and everything that comes with that. So um, I don't deny that they have very old roots. What I do uh, still have problems with are methods. Uh, people, people telling me that this method or that method is the only true method or the only right method. Um, because to me, uh, it, it puts a lot of power in religion and diminishes, uh, Jesus to say such things, right? Um, to me, not everybody's bent this way, I understand, and perhaps I won't always be bent this way, as, or at least as much as I am now, but I... If, if, you know, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, uh, then to me, to know Jesus uh, is, is all that we need to be able to do, right? That, that's, that's it. Once you know Jesus and you have a true uh, picture of the character of Jesus then you know really all you need to know and the rest is, you know, the rest is gravy or, or bonus or, or uh, in the worst case, uh, the rest is um, obstacles, you know. Um, and all religion at some point or another has become an obstacle to someone or another. Um, and so, you know, the idea that only the Eastern Orthodox people got it right. Yeah, I, mm, I, I can't go there myself. Um, and so I'll, I'll have to, you know, I, I suppose my life will be an experiment because I do want to explore the Jesus prayer more. I want to continue in that. Um, and I don't, uh, expect, oops, sorry, just hit the microphone, that's probably loud, sorry about that. I don't expect to become orthodox anytime soon, and so we'll just have to see how that works out, you know. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, if, if you want to know more about the inner life, I highly recommend this book, um, with a few caveats. Uh, but the caveats do not uh, in any way diminish the importance of this work. I, I think the, uh, the book is, a, is worth reading when you're ready to read it, um, whatever that means to you. Yeah, so, yeah, give it a read. Uh, last week, I got to speak in chapel. Actually, I'm going to take just a few seconds to drink some water. Uh, so last week I got the uh, opportunity to speak in chapel 
and finally got to use my giant Jenga blocks. So I, uh, <clears throat> I was asked to speak in chapel a little over a month ago, and I was going to do it then, but uh, something came up. And, uh, well, as you know, I had to go to the States suddenly for a funeral and then we had a vacation after that. So I had to, I had to postpone it, but I did get to do it this last Thursday, nearly a week ago now. And I bought a giant set of Jenga blocks to use as an illustration in chapel because I felt like, um, I don't know, a lot of times just speaking, uh, is a little bland and it may not get across ideas as well um, than it might if you had some kind of a visual aid. And so what I did was set up these these building blocks, uh, set up the Jenga tower. If you've played Jenga, if, if you're not familiar with it, you can look it up, J-E-N-G-A. Uh, and I bought a giant set just so it would be more visible in the chapel. It's about three times the size of a normal set or four something like that. Anyway, uh, what I did was I colored, there were four colors of blocks. Most of the blocks were all just wood, the, the color that came with it. And then I colored, uh, I want to say three blocks black, six blocks red, and then another three, three blocks blue. So three blue blocks, three black blocks, and three red uh, blocks. And so what I did was left the blue blocks out. The blue blocks, blue blocks, that's like a tongue twister. Uh, the blue ones represented, they could almost represent anything, any, any way that you look at the deity. They could represent the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. But in my talk, I had them represent the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus, in other words, or at least uh, an aspect of Jesus. Uh, and those were left out of the pile, so they were not there. But the pile was built on top of, uh, so they're built in layers of three. You have three blocks on the bottom, and then they're turned uh, 90 degrees. Yeah, 90 degrees, and then you have three more, and then back to nine, back 90 degrees and three more. And so they, you have three blocks built on three blocks. Uh, and so the bottom blocks were a red, black, and a red. So black in the middle of two red. The reds represented truth. The black represented lie or lies. And so we had three layers of those. Two red, on, two red with a black in the middle, two red with a black in the middle, two red with a black in the middle going up from the bottom. And so that represented the foundation that a normal person's life is built upon. Uh, in all of our belief systems, we have things that we believe uh, that are true and things that we believe that are lies, that are not true. And so what I did was had some of the uh, people in the audience, friends of mine, Pat, uh, you, you know Pat, he helped out, and uh, Koichi as well, and some other good friends of mine helped out. They came up in pairs, and their job was to get the blue blocks on the bottom of the pile, okay, get the blue blocks on the bottom of the pile while taking out the black blocks, okay, and so they had to get the three blocks, the, the entire pile built on the three blue blocks, but they had to do it in a way where they could only use one hand each, and they had to work in pairs. 
and so they would try to take out a black block and replace it with a blue block, but they also had to get out the red blocks on the bottom and replace those with blue ones, and then take the black ones out of the foundation that was above that uh, and replace those with the red blocks that were true, but just so that your whole life is uh, devoid uh, as much as possible from lies built on Christ and then only universal truths built on top of those. Uh, and so it was it, it was an exercise in understanding uh, that that a strong life, a life that will withstand the storms that life throws at it will will be built on the truth of Christ and the universal truths that exist that exist in the world because, we are all uh, made in his image. And so we understand uh, to a large degree these universal truths even when we don't necessarily know Christ. Uh, one example, and, and Dan Asperheim was a huge help on the morning of my talk. Uh, what did he call these? Uh, first principles is, what he, is the word that he used for them. He said these first principles are things like uh, things that everybody everywhere believes and understands to be true. Things like life is preferable to death, right? Life is better than death. Uh, or um, sickness is not, sickness is worse than health. In other words, health is better than sickness, right? These are universal truths that people everywhere, Christian or non-Christian, uh, religious or non-religious, uh, theist or atheist, would generally agree on, right? Life is better than death. Uh, truth is better than lies. In almost every situation, everybody agrees on this, right? Um, so these universal truths were represented by the red blocks, and those just needed to be arranged and rearranged on the foundation of Jesus. Uh, for example, when Jesus said he is, he is the life, uh, he is um, affirming that life is good, that life is a good thing. But he's only affirming something that everybody knows because we're made in his image, right? Everybody knows that life is good. Uh, we, we may be able to rationalize death at different times, but down deep we understand that life is preferable to death, right? Health is preferable to sickness. Um, and, these, and so these first principles uh, needed to, to remain, but their, their strongest position is when they are uh, understood in the context of Jesus, right? The the Alpha and the Omega, the the uh, Creator, right? Uh, he is really the first principle of first principles, and all first principles uh, come from Him. Now there were also black blocks. Uh, the black blocks we wanted to remove and get out of our stack completely. 
in uh, the black the black blocks represented things that were lies that maybe went against first principles uh, or or they went against you know uh, Jesus completely uh, maybe a lie is that uh, you are not loved right that no one loves you some people in the world believe it or not believe that they are not loved they feel unloved and they believe themselves to be uh, unloved or they, they Believe, believe themselves to not have anybody who loves them in their life. Uh, but if you turn that around and realize that Jesus is the truth and that he is love and that he loves everyone, that he loved us so much that while we were still sinners, he died for us, uh, that he went basically to hell and back so that you could have life, that's the very definition of love, right? And so... Yes, maybe people have not treated you well in your life, but but take heart. Jesus loves you. The person who knows you better than anyone else, the person uh, from whom you were created, by whom you were created, uh, he loves you. Uh, and so that is a lie. The, if, if you believe yourself to be unloved, uh, take heart because that's not true. Jesus loves you. And his love is so much better than any other thing that we call love on the earth that it can sustain you. Uh, uh, and then maybe another lie that we took out of the, the pile is death is better than life. You know, maybe, maybe your life has been so devoid of, of human love and contact uh, and, and your life has been nothing but tragedy upon tragedy. There are people like this, right? There are tragic lives, um, no question. There is, there is pain in the world. But again, life is always preferable to death. Jesus said, I have come to give you life that you might have it to the full or you might have it abundant life. He's come to give you abundant life. And so instead of believing the lie uh, that um, that maybe death is preferable preferable to life, believe the truth that life is preferable to death. Uh, that Jesus brings you life and He offers you new life, uh, and and His love can usher you into that new life, and you can be filled with joy. You can be filled with the joy of knowing that you are loved. Um, and there is a way back from the brink of death. There is a way back. There's always a way back. Other lies maybe you believed are maybe a little bit different in nature. Maybe you were told that you were stupid or you were made to feel that you were stupid by, by parents or by teachers or by so-called friends. Um, there are all kinds of things that uh, the world tells you other lies that, that the world tells you that the only thing worth uh, worth fighting for is money. You have to have money. You have to have power. You have to have fame. Uh, you have to have, for example, the perfect spouse. You have to get married, or you know, you have to have this size of a house, or drive this car or that car. These are all lies uh, that are told by the world that many of us. Even though we may not say we believe them, the way that we live our lives shows that we believe them. 
right? We live our lives in a way that shows that we value um, these things of uh, wealth, power, and fame. Uh, we value them over love, for example, over the love that we can have in Christ. And so by, by taking a critical look at your own belief systems, my hope for, for that chapel talk was that you can uh, go to work in your own foundation and rebuild it without your life having to fall apart. Now in a sense, when you realize that there are lies in your foundation, that there are things you believe that are not true, in a sense, your life's already crumbling and depending on the size of that or maybe the timing in which you hear this, uh, it could be enough to to crumble your life, right? Crumble your life is not a good word, to, to topple your life. Um, but even in, even in that broken, uh, destroyed state, uh, you can still begin to rebuild your life on truth. And I don't mean the truth of religion or philosophy. Uh, I mean the truth of Jesus himself. And so there, there is a, there's always work to be done, right? Uh, it takes work, I think, for you to, to understand who Jesus is, whether that means just reading, whether it means uh, deep contemplative prayer, um, whatever it means, I think generally it's going to take some work for you to get to the point to realize that you don't have to work to be accepted by Christ, uh, to, um, to receive his love, right? That his work is, uh, sorry, his love, his grace, his acceptance is a free gift. But it just seems like the way the world is broken, um, forces us to have to do some kind of work, uh, in order to get to the point where we can realize work is not needed. We don't have to have money or success or power uh, or fame in order to have value to Christ. Uh, and this is good news, right? To me, this is what the gospel is. Uh, the gospel is that you are valuable as you are. Uh, and Christ, uh, instead of requiring you to do the work of being worthy, he is committed to do all the work on your behalf, uh, in order for you to uh, be shown just how worthy he believes you are. Um, and yeah, this is, this is really good news, right? This is the gospel. So I am coming to my place of uh, work. Gonna have to uh, turn this recording off. I hope, I hope it came out okay. I hope it comes out okay. I'll try to listen to it on the way back. Uh, I can actually plug it into uh, my car stereo system here, which will be great. And we'll see how it turns out. Hopefully awesome. And uh, you guys have a great day. And we will talk to you later. Bye-bye.